the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. 210-308-8867, the number to call. But I encourage you to come out. It's a nice day here in South Texas. And uh, come on out to Milberger's at 1604 and Bulverde Road and join your gardening peers and uh, lots of color to choose from. You can ask your gardening question in person. Mark Peterson in for Dr. Jerry Parsons today. So uh, uh, what kind of questions will you be uh, handling? Everything? Everything. Mainly trees? I know everything. He's in charge of pumpkins. Well, that's true. I, they, they are grown in Michigan. Are yeah. they? Yeah. Now, we have to kind of warn people. That there's so many things that are orange colored here. If you have a negative reaction yeah. to orange, to, to orange, Milton. you better uh, just you should slow. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't have orange. I love orange. There you go. Thank you. Yes. But yeah, orange. actually, there. Leinaboven. Leinaboven. That's the house of orange in Dutch. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. Man, you know you're Dutch. Yeah, King uh, William Alexander is the current king. Oh, man, listen to you. If you have questions about things, uh, about all, the all Netherlands, things, yes. Yes, all things Dutch, Mark yeah. will uh, answer those as well. <laughs> oh, hey, look, he got like five little baby pumpkins. 210-308-8867. Yes, we have all sizes here. Yes, we From, do. Those were uh, about three inches across to um, three feet across. No, not maybe not three feet, but maybe two feet Pretty across. Pretty close. Yeah, right. two feet across. To, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, I was stop. Stop looking at your board. No, no, no. no, no I got it. Yeah, I'm trying to. You're a professional. Okay. You need to not look at the board. Okay, I won't look at the board. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. So we determined that what I might have in my garden is Mexican honeysuckle. That that uh, Tra- oh. Trace looked at it, and then I saw it from three feet away, and that was my first inclination. Yeah. Was Mexican honeysuckle, but Calvin was correct. The Uh-oh. flowers were were a little weird in shape and color for Mexican. So honeysuckle. he thought it might be sort of a very colorful uh, shrimp plant. Yeah, or yeah, a one that uh, or a hybridized. Probably, person. probably did not was a failed show show plant because yeah. it wouldn't uh, wasn't as attractive as most shrimp plants. Oh. But uh, well, maybe I discovered a new and exciting. There one. you go. Except it looks that, great in the garden. Yeah. It's only about yeah. two feet a, tall. Miltonensis. It's only two feet tall. Yeah. yeah. Variety Miltonensis. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want this named yeah. after me. Quite uh, quite often, the uh, Mexican honeysuckle are as big as this table. Yeah. 
And, oh. that, and that's com- that's a common. They just kind of get to that big and and uh, three and a half feet tall. And I was going to say three and a half is usually what I tell people. Yeah. So if you were going to try to propagate this mystery plant from another planet, um, yeah, it would be very easy to. How here at Milberger's, you would find one in the in the perennial. Okay. If you, if you wanted to do it, yes, you would take a a cutting. I wouldn't be surprised if they have plant. Yeah, they might. Just take a cutting. You take a cutting. You have a little root tone, and you put it in perlite, not dirt, and uh, and wait. Oh, okay. And keep consistently moist. I'm channeling a little Jerry right now. Consistently uh, moist. And by little Jerry, you mean just a little bit of Jerry's information. Yeah, not, you, you can't not handle. A, no, you, no, not you a very can't, small no, Jerry. No, a small amount of Jerry. You <laughs> okay. can't handle too much Jerry. Okay. So no I, one can. I have another question. I don't know if you can see it or not. Now, these are. this is the time of show that Milton asks all his questions. Yeah. Okay. You all see right. that, that levy, the, what do you call that, going up to the highway? The little berm, the, the hill? Yes. Yeah, the hill, the, okay. the raised platform on which the service road and highway exists. Okay. Doesn't it have a name? What do, you, uh, what do you call that, Calvin? The hill. The accident preventer hill. Okay. If you look at the hill before it gets to the highway, between the access road and the uh, highway, yeah. there's like one patch that looks to be about 8 by 5 of green with little white flowers. Oh, oh in it. little white flowers. You know what those are? No. Those, that's uh, um, Blackfoot Daisy. That's Blackfoot Daisy. Oh, but from, why, from, why? From, from from twenty-five yards away. Oh no, yeah, even more than that. It's about a hundred feet away. We're not going to let you actually identify anything no, up I'm close. Not, I'm going to go up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be. Well, no, I can't walk. So I might, you know. That's okay. Unless you're trying to get rid of me. No, no, I was just joking that you uh, said you identified the uh, the one plant from all the way over to Calvin's. And from, from well, so, be, ca- be careful because we had a, why don't uh, be a debate a few weeks ago where uh, where I contended that it, uh, it'd be hard to uh, keep a uh, to uh, keep a blackfoot daisy alive if you overwatered it, well, or if you watered it. Period. And uh, they were. Uh, my colleagues here were arguing that it was, um, it was lack of water, and I said, I, no, I, I never no. heard of Blackfoot Daisy. No, it's water. never been my experience that uh, that Blackfoot Daisy would die from a lack of water. All right, but on that particular Blackfoot Daisy, yeah, on a hill, right a, next to a wee satch. Yeah, and why does it look like someone's been watering that little five by eight foot? That, uh, water from the highway. Is it water from the highway? Uh, yeah. You think nothing yes. else is green? No. Uh, well, it just doesn't. Also, the chemistry is so different that it just doesn't require. A, okay. When it does get water, it is very uh, conservative with it and efficient with it. But okay. It, if any, if there's more, too much water. Well, not yeah. even too much. A little bit of water, then other plants will. We'll take it over. Yeah. It's just weird. You see on the berm. I'm going to call it a berm. Yeah. Um, everything. Well, no, I, mean, I guess there's some green way. You over see some there. green over there by the. Uh, I think that's a dying. It looks like ash. 
Wish, it looks like uh, we're, the, we're the dead Wiesach. Okay. And the small green Wiesach. Okay. That's just interesting. But all, but those plants, the Wiesach and the uh, uh, the daisy, yeah. they they kind of, they prosper in this kind of... Reminds me of the pictures you see when they have a, a wildlife from Africa... No. Oh. So you know where the So should we encourage people yeah. during this time of no rain or Correct. minimal rain Correct. to plant so, black so foot the daisy? billions of wildebeest and zebra on top of Bermuda grass, that's actually where Bermuda grass comes from. Oh. East Africa. Uh, and it's and it looks like that. Dry, dusty, and then the rains come. And it's verdant. Al Al, Al got tired of me naming things. He said, How about embankment? Oh, okay. That works. Yeah, I like that. We were noticing on the embankment, we were noticing traces up on the porch with us. The green circle up there that has the, uh, the above, white flowers. Above the it. citrus on the other side on yeah. the embankment. Looks on the like, embankment. Is it looked like uh, Blackfoot Daisy to me from, from this distance. Do you have any theories? Uh, looks too tall to be Blackfoot Daisy. Ah, okay. Oh, Okay. It's, it's something. I'll go look later on. Be careful. And then text yes, please Don't be try careful. Try not to get run over. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're not as fast as you used to be. <laughs> I don't smell as good as I used to be, and you're not as fast as you once were. All right. 210-308-8867. Trace is on the porch with us. What's going on, Trace? So, gentlemen, train's running. Yeah, we hear it. My driver's not as good as yesterday, so don't expect, the kids, d- don't expect the kids to scream. He just doesn't pick on us. That one kid yesterday, people couldn't hear it, but yes, the the train comes by, the conductor um, points at us and says, look, zombies, and then y'all all here as you're listening to the show, ah! all of them yelling in, in unison. Well, you don't have to worry about that today. No, Jerry's no, not here. But there was one yesterday was hilarious. I don't know the man's name, but should I say it? The conductor said, look, zombies, and he expecting a big group yell thing and then one kid ah <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> all right Two, one, it, oh. it will be better next weekend okay we'll have the original conductor uh oh no oh, who's that well from yesterday oh okay why you want me to go or what I don't know no no he's I know a, you did it You've he's here but Trace is having him rest to, so he can be really ready okay. for next weekend no he had an unfortunate Thing in life happens, so uh, okay. he's not here today. That's okay. Oh, really? I thought I saw him loading. Oh, stuff. you saw him, but he was selling plates to raise money for oh, oh. an issue. Okay. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. What else is going on, Trace? Uh, lots of pumpkins. Yes, I, I lots feel, of pumpkins. I feel normal now. I've got big pumpkins in stock in quantity. Yeah. Corn, corn stalks. I've got more hay coming because hay is oh, hard good. to find. Oh, good. So that means maybe it's a chance of more rain. Yes, it is. Okay. Looks like and, and guess what day? What day? Probably coming Tuesday. Guess what Which day is, the rain is supposed yeah, to come. Yeah, it's okay. Tuesday. That's funny. At least, three, <laughs> at least three of the white uh, uh, milkweeds are still here. Well, Mary sold oh. one yesterday that she yeah. had uh, eggs on it. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh, transplanted mine into the race bed garden, and they they look good. Look like they've adjusted to that. Now, it, to me, it looked like those blooms actually might turn into seed pods. 
Well, I'm sure they will. Yeah, if they, unless unless they drop, you know, stop development right now and drop. But uh, I'm looking at the weather right now. Some of the leaves, yeah, some Rain of the leaves will fall. fall What's off that? Rain sure. on Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, okay. Um, Can you so imagine, Mark? Have you thought of when you think of milkweed? You do I go back to my childhood? And six foot tall. No, no, not at all. No, no. I think where we grew up, it was like, oh, those weeds. Got to get rid of those weeds. Now we save them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you had an article yesterday, and your article was talking about your milkweed tests. Yeah. So, so what was the outcome? Well, the out the outcome is still uncertain. We had one. One variety, the Zelotis, that is yeah. uh, from the south of San Antonio, um, that was very successful in germination. And what what, what Mark's talking about, we had a class one here at Millburgers and one at Medical Center and one at uh, New Braunfels. And um, we had about 100 folks attended for the three different classes, and they all took seed and some plant transplants, and uh, we uh, put them, put the seed in in the ground and or in the containers, and then uh, that's the result. We also did a uh, did some seeding of uh, a lot of the other native varieties. So uh, far, we haven't had I, much luck. I was hoping for that the best germinated one was the tropical. <laughs> oh well, of course the tro- oh. I did see tropical, but it ha- uh, I haven't had that germinate uh, okay. yet. But uh, the ones that, that that came up pretty quickly were the zelotes and the uh, butterfly weed. Yeah. And so far, the swamp, the showy, the green, yeah. uh, the antelope horn, they haven't. Uh, These are all the native ones. Yeah, and the, and, and the, the ones the, they call common. Yeah. Uh, they haven't come up yet. You so, had... Uh, which ones did you have here? You had a couple. We had, we had the right now. We have uh, the tropical, and then we have that giant white. Oh, the giant white. Okay. On occasion, you had the tuberosa, which is what I call the showy common one. You know, that has some orange flowers. Oh, on you it. called me orangish flowers. Butter, butterfly weed. Yeah, that's what we call common butterfly weed. That one is that one is attractive. Blooms and relatively easy to start from seed too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I just uh, I saw that in the newspaper. I, d- I didn't read the newspaper. I was up in Mason County yesterday. And uh, where is Mason one. County? Mason County is north of Gillespie. I was uh, oh, okay. And Gillespie is Fredericksburg. Right. So uh, I was on a ranch near Loyal Valley, Cherry Valley, and Loyal Valley. Okay. So, Very interesting. So uh, the gentleman I was with was uh, we were passing through all these orchards, peach orchards. In, in Fredericksburg, and they were obviously newly planted, or they had been planted last year. Um, they're new orchards, in other words. And so he was asking me, what would you plant, Mark? So I had to, like, put my thinking cap back on and hmm. put Florida King and La Feliciana. Those are my two favorites. And then I got to thinking about what's the other ones. And Tex Royal, I think, is another one. Fantex. Yeah. 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 Um, if you're not in San Antonio, the June Gold is. Yeah, well, store. June Gold was a favorite, but you had you had said 
it, it needs some chilling hours. So. Yeah, well, here in here in San Antonio, I haven't had good luck with I, it. I'll speak for Jerry, and he'll say Red oh, Bear. I was say Red say Bear. thank you. I just forgot about that. Yeah, or just remembered. Yeah. Now, the best I can remember when I was growing up in eating was Melba. Yeah, but I haven't seen that variety available in yeah. twenty. It's a white. Years. Is that a white? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're hard to grow. Oh, so you were, but that was the the, the one that I always knew is a white, white flesh one was Melba. Yeah. I remember some somewhere around my fifth or sixth year of life, my dad brought me from Austin to Fredericksburg to go pick peaches. Oh, how fun! And that was the that was the name I remember because we were eating them off the tree. Yeah. Well, now, I grew up with Red Haven, but you can't. Yeah, I remember Red Haven. Yeah. I always I, I get a kick out of it though when I had my peach orchard and. For a while, I tried to get the the crew that I hired not to pick peaches. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh. And you had a little problem? Yeah. So then I figured out this is a losing cost, so I just said, let them yeah. eat as many as one. In, of course, in, in the grocery yeah. business, that's called a shrinkage. Yeah. And they uh, quickly got, when they kn- knew they could eat them when they wanted to, they quickly got <laughs> sated by them. <laughs> So they ate they ate a few, but yeah. not not didn't seem like as many. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Trace, you mentioned the pumpkins. Yes. Um, let's see. We have the marimums. We do have some marimum Mar- Mar- marigolds. Yeah. Um, Asters. Yeah, saw the asters. Snapdragons, pansies, ornamental cabbage, kale, and more. Yeah. So tell me about this uh, purple honeysuckle. Well, it's a purple-leafed honeysuckle, so the leaf's not super purple, but that's just what they call it. Okay. Uh, Honeysuckle's one of the fastest-growing vines uh, that grows here, and it's very quick. Is it fragrant, like I think honeysuckle's supposed to be? I don't smell that good anymore. I know. Me neither. People tell me that all the time. But people do tell me it smells good. How do you know? And, and I remember like putting it on my tongue when I was little, and for the oh. for the uh, sweetness. For no, but just no. regular honeysuckle. I was going to say many, many, many years ago when you and I were just in the business, um, they had Halls mm-hmm. Halls honeysuckle. Now, how is this different? Do you remember? Uh, the old halls? So Halls is a green leaf, uh-huh. and its leaf's probably two, maybe three times larger on Halls than it is on the purple leaf. Okay. Okay. So some people may remember it because that was the old standby. Oh, we do get that one occasionally too. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Attracts bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds. Best if planted on fences, arbors, and pergolas. Now that's it's uh, it's a funny plant because the deer <laughs> will eat it, but they don't eat it fast enough. To, <laughs> oh, good. You know, okay. if there's on a fence on the yeah. outside, uh, the inside of the fence, it manages mm. to survive. Number one pot. Regularly eight ninety nine now on sale for four eighty eight. That's good. Yeah, that's a good price. That's like going back a long time price. It is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Ah, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up in a moment on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Amarillo 
San Antonio, any old place I call my home, I gotta go. I got Texas in my soul. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Our phone number is 210-308-8867. What's going on in your garden? Are you getting any rain? Uh, it says we're not going to get rain here for another two hours. Really? Well, that's what AccuWeather says. There was rain down in Southtown this morning. Yeah. And we heavy had, rain. We heavy had rain, rain by the airport. Well, yeah. I, I had about five drops on my windshield when I got I, in my vehicle. I don't know if that counts. Does that count? Uh, I'm it not sure rain. if it was really rain. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. And it could have been an illusion. It could have been. One of those birds Somebody we talked just about spit yesterday. out of the car in front. It's possible, but yeah. I was still parked. So, uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So, what else is going on? It's the first of October. What should folks be doing now? If they haven't done a pre-emergent, they yeah. really need to do it pretty soon. Yes. Okay. The sooner the better, and and you have it on sale here. You we have do. Uh, Dimension. Uh, and what is Dimension good for? Dimension is uh, one of the best for crabgrass. Mm. And sticker burrs. Uh, we do have other ones, but that one is uh, those are the two best yeah. things for it. Yeah. So, like, so you would suggest customers come in, tell folks what your your. Yeah, we need to know what their existing weed yeah. issues are. Uh, Jerry's not here, so I can say it'll take out Poana. Yeah. What is that? That's bluegrass that Jerry likes. Wild oh. wild bluegrass. Wild Texas bluegrass. Okay. Oh. We have to make everything Texas, but that's what it is. That's exactly right. Um, okay. That, and this is, are we still on Dimension or? Yeah, that's, so that's in sale, but the other one is, is well, crew. We got Gallery, which oh. is a, a broadleaf. It does some grasses, but a big selection of broadleaf and oxalis, that kind of stuff. Okay. And then Crew is actually a combination of the two in one bag, so it's the best of both oh. worlds. Oh, Okay. Um, and you should do that sooner than later. ASAP. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what else? As he says, usually I go it, but so oh. it should have been a couple of weeks ago, but it should be now, now, now. Uh, it's time to winterize. Uh, okay. I think it might be cool enough now to put compost out. Hmm. What do you all think? Yeah. No. The quarter inch to half inch over uh, the over the grass, depending on what kind of grass you have. Say so usually the next two months. Uh, usually the next month. Now that we're in October, but yes, I would do it now. If you want uh, Thanksgiving broccoli, you better get it in the ground pretty quick. Oh, okay. And you have broccoli. I saw we it. Do. Out there. Yeah, now, I have. I have a different grower that we're going to bring some stuff oh. in this week. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what day they're going to materialize. But how many of y'all have seen uh, cauliflower in the grocery store that's not white? Oh. That's not white? That's not white. I've seen some. Yeah, I've, so I've I have seen a color, in the past, I have a purple variety coming. I was going to say, I think I've seen purple. Oh, where's Paul Cox when you need him? Huh? Yeah, well. Purple potatoes and purple. I wonder what purple okay. Purple tomatoes, like. purple potatoes. Purple. So I've had it. It tastes just like any, any other cauliflower. That'd be cool if you made purple yeah. cauliflower but, pizza crust. But it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my wife actually uh, made uh, a mashed potato similarity uh-huh. with it. So we had purple mashed potatoes. Oh, that's oh. cool. Uh, but they weren't really mm, potatoes. It was cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, do you like part, that? Part of the diet, Milton. Yeah, I know. Oh. You put enough butter on it, it's going to... Uh, well, it just it tastes just like... Yeah, it's surprising. Yep. Well, if you, if you had been to the nursery uh, l- lately and you hadn't 
found any cauliflower. There's certainly a lot of cauliflower now. Yeah. Yeah. And more varieties coming. I, I talked yeah. to David about all the new varieties that this uh, mm. this person grows. and uh, So we're going to go from there. We're going to bring in some of the odd things this week. So as I say, all the coal crops should be coming, be okay. put into the ground, plus your leafies for this month. So we'll start. So Maybe ask it a little cooler before I start putting all my. Like so I'm not. I'm not gonna put my my mouth where my. Uh, well, anyway, we get yes. Um, <laughs> theoretically, we could have spinach this week. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. it was available. So. If I was first to the to the order, then we're gonna get some spinach. Good, and that's the ones that the recommended varieties. Yes, that's okay. The one that Jerry talks about. The, uh, yeah, I can't remember now. Do you think it's cool enough to do the uh, Crawford reseeding lettuce? And where could I get a packet of seeds? Well, uh oh, I'd say you probably wait a little longer for the seeding part of it. Okay, what do you? Uh, mm, yeah, um, and you can get one. Well, not you, because I won't give you one. I know, but <laughs> uh, for free. Uh-huh. One per household while they last. We'll give you some seeds. Okay. But you have to ask for it. Right? Uh, yes, we we don't have it out. Otherwise, people just would grab it by the handful. Yeah. So it is a limited amount. So we do. It's not one package per person. It's one it's package per, per household. household. Please but, abide by that so that there's enough for everybody. All right. And, and NASA too. Yes. And uh, so wait. You think wait a little while? How? Yes. What's what's my trigger for that? Evening temperatures below a certain amount. Daytime temperatures. Oh, I'm below sure. A certain to amount. me, it's all about a feeling. Oh. Um. <laughs> all, all I know is, is my general rule: uh, October is that's when I start doing my leafy stuff. All right. So your the Wait, lettuce, your spinach, middle your of kale. October. Yeah, I, I'd say this year in this weather. Yeah. And okay. well, we got the potential of the for. A week of rain. <laughs> what, there was lettuce available, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Could have some lettuce what this week. What kind of lettuce? Um, they like to do mixes, and I can't remember if I ordered anything. Yeah. I think I ordered some odd lettuce from the, the new supplier, too. So uh, we could have a lot of lettuces. All mm-hmm. right. That'd be interesting. Any any challenges to growing lettuce? Eat. <laughs> not, not when you do a transplant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just but, meant but like, when you, like insects, things like that. Well, the you know the the thing we remind everybody about is don't cover, don't cover the seed. Right. Uh, oh, even the beside. So the regular seeds too. I know. Well, the, I, I know the Crawford. I, you I always cover. follow that rule. Yeah, I, so okay. so yeah, my answer to your question, Milton, is head lettuce. I would always stay away from. Something silly is going to happen long before you ever get a usable head. Okay. Whereas leaf lettuce, you can harvest all along. As you're going. As yeah. you're going. Yeah. Does harvesting uh, yeah. spur growth? I would imagine to some extent. Okay. To to answer your question. Fertilizer does more. <laughs> is generally, it's uh, caterpillars. That's that what I was wondering. Be, if yeah. I, yeah, I recommend that you take so. no more than a third off of the... The foliage off of lettuce or other greens at a time, and then you get a long season. Yeah. Oh, take a foot off? Huh? A third. A third, a third, a third, a third of, of the, of the head. So, Milton, if it has nine leaves, how many do you take? I think I skipped that class. It means you take three. If yeah. it has ten leaves, how many do you take? Three and a third. <laughs> <laughs> three. It worked out. Okay, I'm taking a third. Uh, I, I heard Calvin say a third. I'm and, taking and a not third. a third of each leaf. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was thinking that actually. Now spinach, spinach is uh, less aggressive in terms of growth. I always, yeah. 
have to if I, I want to have enough for a family I always recommend there be a, well, at least four plant four plants per yeah. person yeah whereas uh broccoli you know one plant per person quite often you can have, you have plenty but they tend to be heavy feeders so yeah, fertilized as fertilized, well. fertilized any fun herbs out there oh we question you were I, I had my three from last week that I was going to I'm trying to think of what. I know I ordered some funny herbs to, from that same grower, and I can't remember oh, what they are. I'll have oh, to. Oh, so, that sounds like a. a so not, not funny, haha, but yeah. no, it funny like, like we've ooh, never had before. Yeah. Funny Cilantro, oh, yeah. parsley, rue, and chives would be so, my first. So four. it is time to plant cilantro. And it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a very misunderstood herb. Uh, oh, why is it misunderstood? Because it really wants to go out in the fall. Oh, everybody wants to plant it in the spring, but it really should be a fall planting. Okay, is it easy to grow? Relatively, yeah. Okay, feed yeah. it. Feed it. Water yeah. it too. Moisture. Well, <laughs> yes. Consistent but not overly. Okay. Like all herbs, consistent but not overly. And all of these things, if if you are organically minded, uh, blood meal would be a great. Thing to use, and if you're not, then uh, and you want the most for your money, then I'd say uh, ammonium sulfate, oh, okay. sparingly but frequently, or Jerry's Osmocote Plus, which is okay. also a high nitrogen. Um, okay, but that would be outside. Sure, I always yeah. think of Osmocote being container. Wait, you can oh. use it anywhere you want. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Cool. G- generally, though, yeah, we think of herbs in a nice long, long tray. Our, our container. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Can we uh, do our Crawford reseeding lettuce in the house right now, waiting for it to? Uh... Pretty sure it needs sun. Oh, okay. Or the, the certain I was gonna try to wave light from the sun. Okay. I'm trying to think. That's not the plant I have. Uh, the oranges. Uh, radio milk. Radio. You're pointing uh, yeah. at a shrimp plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh, Calvin gives it a thumbs up. You think that's the one that was in the picture? No. Well, I don't know yeah, that yeah. it is, but it's... No, the flower's wrong. Yeah, close. Oh, man. But you, but you, the flower's wrong for every one of the plants that we mentioned. <laughs> okay, I just got a... <laughs> yes, unique... it is. Milton, uh, Milton's Mist. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get that named after me somehow. Um... Uh, well, let's see. Okay, so we talked about herbs, the vegetables and stuff that are coming. We've talked a little bit about the pumpkins. It seems like we have a seminar coming up, too. You do oh, have a seminar yeah. coming up next Saturday with David Rodriguez. Yeah. David, I will find that for you. We'll be Veggies? Uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's like fall planting. It's the one we were going to do together, but he's going to do that one. But so, like tree, you know, this is the fall is for planting. So uh, trees, other perennials, that type of stuff. I think that's what he told me he was going to do. I, I think he was even going to talk about grass. Yeah, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, so my good friend, um, whose name is escaping me, over at Texas A and M, my grass guy, Ben Ben Worley. Uh, so he, he, they had some research that he did a couple of years ago, because normally he said, "Well, grass won't go in the winter." Well, yes, it does grow in the winter. Albeit real slow, hmm. so so so. If you wanted to grow grass, sod sod, you got to be clear about that. If you wanted to grow it in the winter time, you could, 
just realize it's not going to look real good, and it's going to take a while to establish. Unless well, it's re- rescue grass or Jerry's uh, well, you annual bluegrass. That, that, that you don't have to do sod for, for, yeah. for those. One of the best times to plant zoysia. Because it can be 100% dormant up top, and the root yeah. system still grow all winter long. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, they, but they, then they get cold feet because it's a little slow to come come around well, in the spring. Zoysia's not a sprinter anyway. I had <laughs> I had zoysia, which I really liked. I liked. I had two selections of it, Meyer, and uh, what was the the uh, real? Em- you had emerald for a long time. Emerald, yeah. yeah. So I put emerald at my daughter's house. Now I like it because I like that lumpy look, but uh, but some people don't. And then if you do have emerald, yeah, you have to have a real. That's R E E, Milton. R E E L. Real, real mower. Oh, a real R E E. Okay. Yes, next Saturday from ten to eleven thirty. It's time to get your. Lawn ready for winter. Uh, you're right. Join David see. Rodriguez for our fall Earth Kind seminar. The seminar will address the needs of your specific landscape. So uh, that's coming up. And then David will be here again. At the end of the month. At the end of the month, yeah. And Maybe he'll be doing something for Halloween. He's dressing up in costume. What is he doing? Uh, I, I heard he's wearing a munchkin costume. Oh, that'll be great. He'll yeah. He'd look great. Paint, in that. paint his face orange. Flowers for planting, shade trees, and more. Right, that's what I was thinking of. Um, in South Texas, in South Central Texas, fall is the best time to plant new trees in your landscape. Join David Rodriguez, horticulturist, uh, with the Texas A and M AgriLife Extension Service at our EarthKind Seminar. Well, um, got, we've kind of uh, been soft on pushing the trees this fall because of the drought. So we got a good selection, though, don't we? It's pretty. It's a pretty good selection, and uh, Nelson ordered some more, probably coming in this middle of the week. And, and uh, one of the new superstars, and I think I'm going to talk about it at the Home and Garden Show, is the superstars. But the new tree superstar is Mexican white oak, Mexican live oak, Monterey oak. They're all the same mm. names for the same tree. So yeah. you have plenty of those. We do. Yeah. And more coming. And in in different sizes. Uh lots of sizes. Yeah. So what makes it a Texas superstar? Uh as David would be want to say, I'll, I'll just use this little story. It's just like these are tested by various groups all across Texas. So you have a wide range of growing conditions and a wide range of ex- uh climatic extremes and they all do very well. So the other ones are uh, Basham's Party Pink, Chinkapin Oak, Lacey's Oak. I'm trying to remember. I, I believe that one of the re- first ones was Shangtong Maple. Uh, there's like six I have to think about. So okay. I'm missing one. Of course, on the, on the Are they all Texas superstars? Yes, they okay. are. All those six are Texas superstars. Yeah. Okay. But only half of them are available, Milton. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. right. But there's. No, I was uh, going to leave Trace to answer that yeah. that question. There's now, a, now a whole take, bunch of other yeah. trees though that are right. Those, those are the superstar ones. Chinkapin is my favorite, and we have some. All right, bur oak, red oak, uh, of course, live oak, uh, Mexican sycamore, lots of good trees. 
We're going to take a quick break. While we do, give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Let's talk gardening with you. Find out what's going on in your gardening world. Laura Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up with uh, Mark Peterson, Doc T., and uh, he's Doc T now. I know. Okay. No, I was here when we created that. Oh, okay. And Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm Milton Glick. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Lots of pretty mums. I guess are those uh, those aren't the number one pots. What are those? If you're, if you're seeing them from here, they're the six-inch pots. Six-inch pots, okay. But we got Lots a, of great colors. Those are already uh, starting to bloom. Uh, oh, we, gosh, We've yeah. got a lot of big ones that are still in bud. So if you bite and bud, put it in the sun, you'll get a little bit longer this year. But my favorite saying about mums is mm-hmm. the first year is the worst year. Mm. So they'll naturalize. Uh, you get once they they uh, the ne- the following year and trimmed correctly, they will be even more spectacular. Okay. Trim correctly, prune correctly, Melvin. All right. So what key words. So tell me what that means. Well, it depends on the weather, but uh, keeping it cut back to develop woody stems that can support the weight of all those blooms. I imagine you stop giving them a haircut, depending on the weather, mid to end August. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Been, yeah, plant answers covered it pretty well. It's been a while, though. Yeah. Yeah, it has. That's right. But uh, that's really key. A lot of people don't do those early and mid-year prunings. Okay. And it's really key for a good fall show. And it gets leggy. It gets or well. We get leggy, and all the stems wouldn't be able to support the weight once those blooms start oh. coming out. The, huh? the top get they get top heavy. How about your fall, fall asters? Have we still got fall asters? Uh, there's a whole bit of them right there, and that is the for Cardi that we have, uh, I believe, on sale. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. That is the best fall aster for our area. Wonderful perennial, almost, almost always in bloom on Halloween. Almost no. And that's purple, right? Yes. Purpley blue. Yeah. Eight eighty-eight. That that is another plant. One that number the, one pot. The second year is has a potential to be even more spectacular than the first year. I, I, know. I, I always love those mounds that mm-hmm. that are uh, suddenly appear in the hottest yeah. part of the. They're, they're all green, green, all sun color. <gasps> Where that come from? And it changes the whole sight line of uh, what you're looking at at your in the landscape. All right, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. What else is going on, gentlemen? No, I was going to ask Trace uh, during the break. I asked him about the citrus mm-hmm. because there's a whole lot of citrus and it's on sale. Yep. So I was going to ask about Satsuma. What 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 did we have for Satsuma? Uh, Bumper was a for sure, and I believe it was Arctic Frost on the other one, and I think there's another variety over there that's a mandarin orange, so basically... Yeah, 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 it's the same. People always ask me, I said, well, it's the same. Jerry was asking about the... uh, He was asking for dwarf orange rootstock. Dwarf dwarf oranges on 
Dragon something? Yeah, the uh, Flying Dragon Rootstock. That's it. Okay, and how do you know that when you come here? Um, by law, they have to have a tag on it saying where it was grown, da 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 da, da and that what rootstock it's on. Oh, really? Okay. So, Flying Dragon Rootstock is very specific. It's a dwarfing rootstock. Um, keeps the plant smaller, easier to grow in a container if you're doing that. Uh, it's really important, like on lemons, uh, things that you're always going to grow in a container. Mm. And so you mentioned uh, different, I think, different varieties. He was interested in, I think, satsumas. And there wasn't a satsuma on the dwarf. And oh, okay. Maybe he, was, maybe there was an, he wanted an orange. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I know I gave him an answer. I don't remember what the answer was. I can't though. remember either. But yeah, so, but how about the lemons, limes, all those? Yeah, Do we have those on the door for There is, yes. Okay. All right. I mean, the citrus, people this, love their citrus. Yeah, and, the, and uh, as Trey said, uh, limes and lemons, we want it to grow them in containers so we can move them around mm-hmm. during freezes. They are the most frost sensitive. Uh, the satumas, they're great. They, uh, they can withstand a lot of temperature. If you want to grow them in a container, that's that's a, that's fine too. Um, people grow things in too small of a container. You need a big container. Uh, Trace and I have discussed, you know, twenty gallon, preferably thirty gallon, um, and uh, see if you can put that on some kind of How much is a half half whiskey barrel uh, or a half half uh, whiskey barrel. Oh. How many gallons is that, Trace? Do you it, remember? It's probably 25-ish. Yeah. But uh, very easy to grow in a container, but we do have to worry about freezes. And so that's one way of, of handling the freeze, is growing in a container. Okay, yeah, because you, do you still... They had a little problem with the uh, freezes the last two yeah. years. Right. Just, uh, Everything now, in now, the world did. You do know your, your differences between your limes, Milton, correct? I brought this up on several occasions. You sure. have your your key and Me- or AKA Mexican limes, okay. and and then you have your Persian limes. What's the difference? One, I think the difference is key, isn't it? No, one is mm. used in margaritas, and one is used in gin and tonics. Oh wow! Right there, you go. It sounds like a Calvin answer. One is used in pie. I knew it was alcohol related. I didn't <laughs> okay. know which direction. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's from Whip, Michigan. So, uh, so if you want you know, to uh, for margaritas, use the Mexican limes or key lime. Okay. And then Persian lime is for your gin and tonic. So, which one is for my Tecate? Yeah. Uh, your Persian. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's and, the, that's the larger, longer one. And you said one is like key lime, like key lime pie. Yeah. Key lime or Mexican lime, a.k.a. They're, Those little small they're, ones? Yeah, they're about the same. Okay. How do but you, the point is, yeah, grow them in containers. Yep. And put them on a lawnmower if you got one. Is that is that your advice, Trace, the, the wheels? So you, Pretty much. <laughs> it was don't throw away your uh, yeah. your old lawnmowers. Take yeah. the motor off. Get a plate welded to the top and it's a wonderful caddy. Yeah. That was a good idea. Can you do that with anything else? I'm trying to think of what I'd else. I'd imagine any container you could put on a dolly. Oh, yeah. You're talking about a whole different thing. Yeah, okay. the, the thing to, to roll it around on. I'm sure you could buy a cart. 
Yeah, probably. How, how, how do you connect them to the, to, to the mower wheels? Well, you just take the motor off, and, and then you, you the, go to a welding shop, the and they can put a big plate on the top. So it's just sitting on there? or Yeah. It's well, well, it's welded. Welded. And then the pot is sitting on top of the metal plate. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can't weld the whiskey barrel or the plastic. Yeah. Yes, you cannot. But just so they'd be loose. Right, but they're so heavy, it's not like they're going to fall off. Cool. And we need to have a, a seminar where we, we learn how to do that. Bring in all your old lawnmower things. Your, <laughs> nah, that, that sounds like a nightmare. No, yes. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Well, 210-308-8867. Maybe I can sell them. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Uh-huh. We have a maintenance thing, and they go through lawnmowers right Ooh. and left. Yeah, I bet See? you. I bet you we've got Ooh, some. There's another revenue stream. Yes. That'd be cool. So at Halloween, have somebody walking around with a lawnmower. It has a plant on it. We'll see if it sells. Hmm. <laughs> what was I going to say? Are oh, you thinking well, or are you just rolling your eyes? Cause of, no, I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. Well, we did a close with uh, toilets. Oh, with our uh, uh, patio gardening? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I won third place. Yes, you did. I'm just remembering Mr. Cox's contribution. Oh, what was his? He had uh, all succulents. Ow. Uh, yeah, coming out of the commode yeah. and the tank. That's what happens when you have Crohn's disease. <laughs> now, nah, so. I'm going to go there. I'm just letting the, the radio public just think about all the succulents used. Ow. Yeah, no. It's painful. All right. Uh, let's no, see. Notice we only did that once. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? Oh, it got <laughs> so elaborate. And, uh, mm. Such a... Complex uh, issues, yeah. May, maybe we did it twice, hoping that it would improve the second year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I only entered the first year. Yes. That was my off-the-cuff remark to some, I think, to Ann Schiller. Yeah. And she took it and ran with it. Yep. Yep. All these anyway. ideas, these brilliant ideas. <laughs> <laughs> all all uh, lost, uh, like tears in the rain. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's see. What else before we go to break uh, do we want to talk about? Uh, picture taking in the pumpkin patch. We got two spots. Actually, there's three spots. So there's oh, for one, the pumpkin? There's for one, the in the, one inside the maze. Okay. That's kind of more like a old-fashioned booth where you, you go in and the walls are all kind of closed up and everybody crowds in. And then uh, there's one just to the right side of the uh, train station mm-hmm. and then there's a big one uh, off to the side of all the pumpkins so depending on how many people they all have like little different placards in front of them so oh, neat. They, can, they can get multiple pictures different types uh, all here yeah and uh lots of people come like the one i was noticing uh that's online in the san antonio current talks about millburgers pumpkin patch being one of the highlights of uh, the city um but there's a big old dog Look like a bulldog. No, look like a. Well, not a pit bull. But what's the other one? Boxer. Is that a bulldog? I think of the bulldogs being the little short guys, but this. No. Not Trace. Not not American Staffordshire. Is that the is that the pit bull? Yeah. No. No, not that. Anyway. The terrier. What's the big ones that are real boxer. stocky? Boxer. Yeah. Thank you. It was a little boxer with his tongue hanging out in the pumpkin patch. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, 
but uh, you probably have kids or grandkids that that would enjoy being in the pumpkin patch, and you get some a beautiful picture and lots of great memories. And so, oh, boxers like pumpkins too. Us. Yeah, are are you relating that uh, kids and grandkids are boxers or dogs? No. no. Oh, what, are, what are you saying, Milton? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Just saying that you know, if it's good enough for boxers, no, I don't want to go there. Either. <laughs> I think I'm going to change the subject. What else, Trace? Uh, we have that. Is it time for the news? Is it time for the <laughs> it's news? It's getting yet? close to the time for the news. Uh, the train. Uh, train's running. Yeah, uh, train's running. That's an 11 to 2. Right. Unfortunately, the conductor has to have lunch, so okay. we limit how long he's sitting on the on the tr- uh, lawnmower, because it is a lawnmower train. Oh, okay. I noticed that the, uh, the grass here looks really very trim. There's no blade. I know. I knew that. Sorry. I didn't mean to frighten people. But it is limited to 12 and under, right? 12 and under. Okay. So we had a, a uh, I want to say young lady, but I won't say young. Uh, we had a lady that was the size of a 12-year-old asking to go, and we had to tell her no. Hmm. If you told Jerry no, you got you got to be consistent with that. We do have to be consistent. Yeah. Although next week we should tell Jerry that for one day and one day only, uh, no. for we all got to ride and... Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's age, not <laughs> IQ. Age, not oh, IQ. Oh, jeez. That's just... I'm not adding it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just better just to let Mark have that by himself. Yeah. All right, we're going to get caught up with the news in just a second, but we encourage you to come on out to Millburgers. By the way, when you hear us talking about these things, uh, know that you can go to millburgernursery.com to learn more. That's millburgernursery.com. That'll show you the events that are coming up each month, including uh, the big Halloween thing, the weekend before Halloween. Hey, they're blooming. Uh, we're going to get some rain. Um, and then... Uh, they brought all the blooming ones up front, Milton. What's that? They brought all of the ones that believe in you, they brought yeah. up front this morning. That was good. That was very smart. That way they get, they get homes. Um, the um, Halloween stuff, uh, that's going to be the blood drive, too, that same weekend, 28th. Sounds right. right. Roasted corn, face painting, balloon art, and more. All right. Back in a moment. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. If you want to come on the air with us, you can. Uh, th- on you? radio. Do you want to be on radio? Okay. We understand. But, yeah, the checking out is right over there in that big, long building. All right. 210-308-8867 is the number to call with your gardening questions. 210-308-8867. And you can also... Um, uh, just come on by Millburgers at 1604 on Boulevardy Road and ask your gardening question as well. It's as easy as that. Well, I don't, I don't know where the rain went. Um, maybe a little north of us, I can't tell. But we're uh, looking to the northwest. It looks a little yeah, kind of kind of grayish, fluffy. What are they called with the gray bottoms? The clouds. In in that a sign? What's that? I don't know. Okay, but isn't that a sign like they're they kind of want to rain? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit while we're waiting for calls uh, about. I was thinking um, about what people are noticing uh, with plants that they have uh, 
done. I was visiting with someone, and uh, they still uh, um, don't have fruit on their tomatoes. Is it is that okay, or are they going to miss out? No, it's still okay. It's just starting now. If you got okay Ruby Crush, you probably got a few starting, um, and maybe uh, the nine nine sixty eights and. Um, some, some of the other large ones are just starting to set some fruit. They're blooming off a storm. Are they? So you're just getting some fruit it's beginning to set? Yeah, it's this, it's this weather. I mean, tomato, tomatoes are not into 100 degrees. Uh, no, no, no. No, oh, no, no so. but um, uh, I earlier this summer, uh, first week in August, I bought a Ruby Crush and uh, BHN 968. Is yeah. that it? Is that the number? Um, so that one is ballooning up a storm. Not so much the Ruby Crush, although we had a couple. Um, the cherries is starting to really go. To town. Mm. Huh. Uh, uh, but both are doing doing well now that the temperature has changed. Just so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was seeing a little bit more setting. And that's uh, how on the, the fruit. And the leaves are widening a yeah, little bit. A little bit, yeah. I have to go and uh, fertilize them. Um, it's been a while. I didn't want to do it when I was 110. So now, now that it's more normal, I will go ahead and fertilize them as well as you should. Yeah, it's um, there. Looking at the temperature, it's mighty nice. Let's uh, mm. let's see what the temperature is right now. Looks like it is overcast, and if this is right, it says it's 88 degrees. Yeah, I was going to say it's just 90. That's what it feels like. All yeah. through the week, the highs in the low 90s. Holy cow. Yeah, no, later on later on the week, what's it? Thursday is a high of 84. Uh-huh. It'll be cooler. Uh, the high on Thursday uh-huh. will be cooler. We'll have to get our sweatshirts and sweaters. I know. Uh, Chance of rain, 70%. My, my, my toque. Uh, when is it 70 uh, Thursday night. Thursday and Thursday night. Wow. Your toque? Your My toque? toque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for us. Uh, yeah. Uh, great White North. Hey, so uh, so you gave me a bunch of questions that were yeah, sent Jerry to Jerry. Yeah, Jerry left them You know, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but uh, a lot of them were... What do I help? How do I help my plant that's gone through the summer? Mm. That's what it looks like. A lot of these are so I generalize that, and uh, a lot of it is uh, well, now that the temperature has changed, and Tracy mentioned it. Uh, compost mm-hmm. is good. Um, fertilization when appropriate. Uh, so we have some winterizer on sale. So uh, that in the next couple of weeks. For okay. the lawn, for the turf. So uh, it's my understanding. It, uh, so hold that thought. Okay. It's my understanding that you you want to water in fertilizer, and water it in, water it in, water it in. Within a seven with a seventy percent chance of showers, would, on Thursday, would Wednesday. I guess I don't want to do it in the rain, but uh, would this be a good time to put it down? It's a wonderful time to put it down, yeah. but can you wait for the rain? No. Mm. Okay. Even, even if it's just running around with your with the water hose in your hand, watering it good enough to get it from the grass blades to the soil, that would be okay. Okay. Like I, I don't know about you, Milton, but I could if I was to do that, I could water my entire front yard in about uh, five minutes. No. Oh. 
<laughs> what are you just spraying? The- well, yeah, you just need to get the fertilizer not to be on the foliage. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't understand. I never understood right. what you were doing by wetting it. Okay, why? If you want to get it in the ground, you don't want it. Uh, uh, I would it forget the, the words. Ni- ni- so- nitrification going up in the air, and uh, no. and you don't want to burn it. And localize on the fruit. Burning is you keep too much of it at the roots. It's too salty then. Okay. So you want you want to move it down through the soil. Okay. And is that the same with uh, if uh, we have organic fertilizer, folks that listen? It doesn't start working until you start watering it. Okay. But theoretically, it's not going to burn anything or do any kind of damage. Okay. Just doesn't do anything. Yeah. You know, if, if, if it doesn't it, relieve. It's not like it does a whole lot in the first place, but no. I guess it's where okay. I'd be heading. Or I'm, I'm saying that for Jerry. How about yeah, that? Yeah, thank you. That it's was nice. slow release. He was represented. Yeah. Um, we were talking about uh, so, tomatoes yeah. and where they were, and he was talking about things that people can be doing after. Uh, they had, yeah, they had very, complaining. very tough. I'm summarizing some of the emails. Just, they've had a, These plants have had a very tough summer. What do we do? And so you had mentioned earlier some compost, and then I went. I said, "Oh, there's also a winterizer going on. Like, do that." And our winterizer, well, do, our winterizer does have directions on it for trees and shrubs. Hmm. So it would be a good idea to, uh, as well as vegetables, uh, it would be a good idea to uh, a, do that too. Remind us, Mark, on trees and shrubs. What uh, with this tough year, what, is it worthwhile to fertilize uh, with winterizer or for trees and shrubs? Well, uh, winterizer is a little questioning, a little question. I was redoing the research for that a couple of weeks ago, um, and jury's still out on winterizing for fertilizer. However, uh, most of the experts say a fall fertilization is appropriate, whether you use a organic or a uh, like a nineteen five nine okay. slow release. And there's not a too late date or. No, that's the thing is, and it's preferable to do it when it's completely dormant, i.e. when uh, the, all the leaves are off and you're sure that, that the tree is going to 100% dormancy. So there is no end date on that, um, and that's the benefit of doing it for trees. Uh, if you do it too early and we get a warm spell, you may induce some growth, but... Uh, uh, for trees, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, there was a big, big question controversy up at the the most recent uh, uh, tree tree conference, no. uh, statewide tree conference on that. So that's why I went and redid the the research for it. There's two schools of thought. Oh, okay. One you do it in the fall, and the other you do it in the springtime. So each each there's two big schools of thought on that. You have a thought on this, Trey? Uh, I was just thinking which one's UT and which one's A&M. But uh, <laughs> the joke didn't sound as good coming out as it did in my head. Yeah. Okay. Alright, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free, 866-308-8867. Um, so, with the... Uh, if you listen to folks who talk about the Old Farmer's Almanac, they are predicting a wet and cold winter. The Almanac and the researchers are surprisingly in agreement. 
Hmm. Um, the extent uh, is what they're, they're disagreeing. So the researchers have gone, well, it'll be, we're in a La Nina, so we're going to okay. have a little bit warmer and a little bit wetter. And the farmanac, farmer's almanac says the same thing. It says but warmer? I, it's going to be a little warmer and a little wetter. Than the normal? farmer, the normal. Oh, I thought the, it was going to be colder the, the, than normal. The farmer's almanac says, but there will be periods of cold weather. Okay. And and the the the, the science won't won't go in that much detail. So the almanac is being a little bit more. Um, well, as guesses. Sorry. They're, they're being a little for, bit more wild, wild-ass for, guesses. For, yeah, what, for Texas. For what, Texas. That's, that's yeah. what, what science do they do when they come up with these almanacs? Oh, I think they, they, Is they use history experience. Yeah, it's the history. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure. And I think it's, there is some um, I'd like to know enchantments where they and, and voodoo. Extrapolate their data from. Yeah. Uh, you like that word, Milton? That extrapolate. Extrapolate? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's a rotation of taverns that they go to and Man. confer. Yeah, it's the the, yeah. the amount of fur on the woolly bears, caterpillars. You're yeah. gonna old, you're gonna owe some old farmers uh, yeah. an apology yeah. if it turns out they were right. And the and the number of. So, my bugs. question was, if uh, well, even with what they're predicting, warmer and, and wetter than normal, uh, anything after all this dry. Uh, does that make the trees more vulnerable uh, because now they're getting all the water they want or because it's gotten more cold? or Just as there is a delay going into severe drought, the mm-hmm. effects that you see, there's also a delay coming out. So you may see some die back. And the next year, even if we get additional rain, okay. you still may see some. Back. So yep. it's because there's a longer period. If you remember, it, it takes a tree a long period. If you remember last year, though, we had a wonderful growing all fall, and then we got zapped real hard. Yeah. So these plants that are struggling, if they do snap out of it, they could have more damage. I think that's where he yeah, said. Be, yeah. So and then we had somebody relate, and maybe it was Mark that related that. Oh, things like acorns are like a five-year process. Yeah, there's a, a five to seven or. Three, three to seven year cycle, but uh, with that cycle, there are variations due to weather uh, on that, whether it's bigger or less, but it's so, generally we, a, a, fi- a three to seven year cycle. We had cust- we have customers or callers on the radio show that have said, well, what, what in the world, what, all these acorns, are? where mm-hmm. are they coming from when we have any moisture in the soil? Mm-hmm. And I've seen the same thing where it just... So, we always talk about old timers and and uh, Jerry's there, not here. So we're talking badly about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beat me from, to it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Are there any clues? You were joking about the the hair on the the black bear being thicker than normal. And uh, all that, that. That, that you asked me how do, what, how did the farmers almanac? Oh, okay, I know, get but to I'm that, wondering. But, so yeah, but, I don't. I don't think the person that gathered that information is still with us, Milton. Yeah. Oh. Okay, but I'm just curious if there are signs like you were bringing up the acorns. The, they do, use do a the, variety of signs. Do the trees do anything to, to yeah. predict what happens, or they react other than the uh, the cinisa? No, there's lots of so lots of things they they use, but they also use history. They they no, no, I, well, just just us. Forget yeah. about the old farmers. Oh, so like if you if you saw like the 
there was an abundance of acorns now or that they were dropping their leaves early on the oaks. I don't know. I'm just making this up. Would you be able to say, you know what? That's usually a sign it's going to be a cold winter. No? No. Okay. That's generally a sign of what they just went through. Yeah, that's Rather what I was thinking. Coming. Yeah. It's always, it's, it's always a delayed reaction. Except for Sinisa. <laughs> we have to have that disclaimer. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. All right. What else, gentlemen? Uh-oh, the train stalled. We got we got a traffic jam. Uh-oh, you're going to go fix it? Uh, Trace is going to go fix it. Racing over. I think we have a parent. Parents taking pictures jam. Um, all right. What else should folks be uh, thinking about now in the garden? Oh, well, there's lots of things. Well, we we talked about it earlier about vegetables going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said make sure your your cold crops are in or are about to go in, and then your leafy vegetables in another couple of weeks. And uh, I like to do compost. Right. Slow release this time of the year. And this time a, of the month. Is that a spreader thing? I'm sorry? For the compost, you need a spreader? Yes. Compost, you need a uh, a uh, bow rake. A what? A woo? A bow rake. Oh, a bow rake? So, so you use the, lo- the long flat side yeah. so that you don't yeah. rip all your so stuff that, out of the ground? I just call it an iron rake. That's the that's what I grew up with. Hi. Hey, do so. you have a question? Can we ask it on the air? Okay, here you go. I'm going to give Trace my mic. Go for it. You're on the air. So I have a, a small island in the, on my property. The previous owner has three crepe myrtles. They're struggling this year. It's probably my lack of watering. But they put Purple Heart all around them. Not a big fan of Purple Heart. I've taken it out. I know how difficult it is. Do you think they are helping or, or hindering the... The water absorption for the crepe myrtles, or is it they're just too shallow and it's really not an issue? And I don't know. I th- I would guess it's uh, any, any plant is going to take some yeah. of the water, yeah. but it's uh, well, uh, but there can also be some benefits if it keeps the soil temperature more constant. There, there you go. Uh, so there's pluses and negatives any way you look at it. Okay. I think how, the, how the wide is it? Is you didn't like it. That's oh. the biggest. Yeah. Negative. What what is the diameter? The, it is about um, maybe 15. It's a triangular spot, so mm-hmm. so wide at 15, and then and then back mm-hmm. to you know to zero, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the three crepe myrtles are in there. I gave him some some fertilizer yesterday. They man, they're just popping today. Everything's looking great, but it's that it's the it's the purple heart. And I'm thinking, man, are they? Yeah. You know, how well, th- there was a reason they put it there. Yeah. So it would always be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in my mind, I probably would have left it, but yeah. that's, that's me. Okay. Yeah, well, leaving it is always or, easy. Or, 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 or once a year, get as much as your heart desires out, knowing full well that it will return. Yeah. So yeah. you go to one, I'm going to, this is my time of the year that I'm going to remove it, and then it will grow back. Because it is Purple Heart. Yeah, it's, so, it's tough, tough, so, tough. Point. So, so but, yeah, but the consensus is, yeah, there are positives and, and negatives. So, um, and and the, the the positive is it does shade. Okay. Soil. Did there is there did you water? Did you get a chance to water when you did the fertilizer? Uh, yeah, I sure okay. did. I, I watered, you know, like an hour before, so, softened the area. Then I actually soaked the organic. 
um, fertilizer a little bit in water and then poured that on and it took that sludge and then put it over over the roots and watered it again. So it's it's all lack of my attention to detail because of other areas that I've been working on and those crepe myrtles are just all my crepe myrtles. The ones that I'm not hand caring for are, are, are suffering. I want to praise you, young man. Yes, you did exactly right. You pre-watered. You apply the fertilizer and you water it again. Yeah. Did you water one more time? Yeah, I, I, I sure did. It was yeah, all yeah. about, you know. You, you are not far from. Yeah. Pre-soaking the soil to the stuff to come down. I'm, so I'm just wondering, were you able to get all the purple heart out? Uh, I'm, no. I would never put purple heart in because of that. Right. I When I was early on in this experience i threw it in an area where there's cactus growing and by golly it, it took over i mean i would never you know if you can't grow purple heart you, you need to go back you know to school or something like that but um but i mean it you know it's looking the purple heart's looking great today you know every i mean so it's just yeah. i've got I'm a little concerned about where i have it and it, it takes a lot of effort to keep it under control so it's just now, now that I'm retired, I can I can kind of stay on top of that stuff a little bit. So I've heard I'd, people just mowing it with a a bagging mow, lawnmower to try to keep it under control. Yeah, that yeah. Then I would I'm afraid I'd spread it somewhere. Oh, well, I've got the microphone uh, sapling cutting off on oaks. Um, you know how they you trim them and they come back and stuff like that. What is your general? So those are tied to the mother tree. You're, I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about not live the oaks. ones on the roots, the ones on the on the limbs. I shouldn't have called. Oh, oh okay. So so, so if you over prune, then you're going to get what we call dog hair. Lots yes. of these yes. little things. Yes. Uh, so that is the tree's reaction to be suddenly exposed to sun. So there are adventitious buds that remain in the in the branch, and when they're suddenly exposed to sun. They will pop up all along the way. So thin those out. Do not remove all of them. Thin them out. Um, the length of the branch usually go about half and half. So you can prune everything from the trunk up to about half of the length of the branch and then thin the remaining ones out, and that will take care of the problem. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you keep trying to cut them up all the time, they're just going to resprout. Yeah, yeah, re-sprout, it ends up being another yeah. Saturday chore so, for them, so, right? so, and then they, that's what we call it, called dog hair. Dog hair, As okay. All it, and it's some arborists will prune excessively, and then they, they people have all that branching, and two years later they'll come back and go, wow, I see uh, you have all this branching on these branches. Uh, we'll prune those out for you. For a thousand dollars, I'm not saying all the arborists do that. I'm just saying there are a few that will do that, um, but but you don't want that. Okay. Well, uh, between the purple heart and the those branches, you're going to be have a busy schedule. Anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think with the branching, I've got some um, some live oaks that are actually running um, horizontally, right? Yeah. And if you if you leave them and all of a sudden you've got right, really right, 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 right. Just... But, yeah, that means there's a lot of sunlight coming oh, right yeah, down. Oh, yeah. So, like but the... I do want to remind everybody, spray those. Even though uh, they're just little branches, spray them anyway, please. Spray or paint? Paint, paint, paint. paint. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. Spray the paint. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Calvin. 
Uh, All right. Well, time to spend some money in Millburgers. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for the question. Thanks for stopping by. It's as easy as that. Come on by, and you can be on the air, or you don't have to be. It's okay. We're going to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 a.m. The answer, all right, cooler temperatures are going to want to get you out in the yard and doing uh, landscaping projects or any project out in your yard that involves digging. You need to know uh, what our friends at CPS Energy want you to know, which is before you dig, before you start that project, landscaping, sprinkler system install, whatever it is, exactly. Mark's making the sign. You can look right at to the left side of your radio. Call 811 or go online at Texas 811 to have underground utilities marked. It's a free service, and it's the law. Texas law requires everyone to contact Texas 811 at least two working days, working days now, before digging or doing any type of ground disturbance. Uh, keep in mind that violations could result in fines. Once utility lines uh, are marked or once utilities are located and marked or, and they'll be in place, you'll be able to uh, find out where it's safe to dig. You don't like surprises like broken utility lines. You don't like surprises like big fines. Uh, so before you grab your shovel, grab your phone and contact 811 or right on your phone, you can go to Texas 811 uh, too. So. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. All right, we got Jerry on the line at 210-308-8867. This is interesting. Hey, Jerry, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What's going on? I was glad to listen to y'all. Uh, I wanted to ask a question generally about the red oak tree, mostly the shumard and the texano and the dead branches that are in them. What are completely dead, some of them, but the rest of the crown remains uh, in appearance uh, free from stress other than the weather. What is happening? Okay, so uh, uh, you kind of were breaking up a little bit, but I got shumard oak and I got dead branches. And Texana as well. Okay. Oh, I am so glad that you knew the difference, and there are two different red oaks. Way uh, to go, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you, you, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, hey, do I get yeah. cheesecake? Which way do I get cheesecake for that? I should get something out of y'all. <laughs> yeah, you should, but uh, yeah. good luck on that, Jerry. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. no prizes. Sorry. Hundreds have tried. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you are correct. What we've seen, particularly in the last two months, there's a lot of red oaks uh, either flagging, and those branches may or may not completely die, to completely dead branches. And uh, what we generally will do, tell people, is look to see if the bark is fully falling off or, or falling most of the branch. And then you can say, okay, that's fully, fully dead. And you may remove that and then spray just just for protection. Um, dead branches are, are not susceptible to oak wilt, but you can do that anyway. Uh, however, I was teaching a class 
for arborists. And I wanted to emphasize be proactive. So those types of red oaks, uh, they will last a long time, but then all of a sudden they start having this flagging mm. in the, in the uh, late summer, early fall. So be proactive, and, and if we're in a drought, make sure you add a little water earlier in the year. What, uh, what about the potential to have a, the Schumark oak, oak derived from uh, uh, an acidic uh, tree? Well, uh, the fact that Jerry knows that there's two different ones, uh, the uh, Texana, uh, which formerly Buckley Eye, uh, oh, I'm sorry. For, yeah, formerly Texana, now Buckley. Uh, okay. Yeah. How about that? Who, who got money for that? <laughs> you know. Changing names. You know, it's big money. I, Mark I, got crackers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got crackers today. But, uh, but yeah, you are absolutely right. It just irritates me to no end. Uh, they changed the, the tree names and they changed the disease names. Oh. Uh, like Hypoxylon is no longer Hypoxylon. Um, no, uh, oak wilt is no longer oak wilt, or, or, or serratocystis. It's a new name. I can't pronounce it. Starts with a B. Um, but yeah, I've always wondered about that, Jerry. And it's like, stop it, stop it out there. But they do it, and they change it constantly. But the fact yeah. that you knew two different ones, that's good. Um, the one in the hill here's, country. Here's something else I also noticed. Okay. That these are not these are not the complete terminals. The tree grows out. And its myriad of branches and forms and compositions. Uh, it has the uh, terminals, the auxiliary terminals. Yes. Uh, the, no. And these are not, I don't see any of these that have the complete terminal. It's always a, a secondary or lesser branch, even though they're big as my calf right. or my leg. Or big. Right. Um, so, it, so. That's the, odd. Yeah. So, uh, the Schumar tends to be more excurrent. That means it hasn't. Um, one straight limb, whereas uh, the Spanish oak, Texas the red oak, has, is more decurrent, has mul- multiple branches or multiple leaders, um, that or tends to be, tends to be multiple leaders like you just described on that. So uh, that's one way we 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 look at a nursery, and they're row by row by row, row, sorry, row by row, mm-hmm. um, that. Those Schumar oaks tend to be, have a central trunk, whereas the, the, the red oaks, the hill country red oaks, tend to be broad uh, top to them. So, yeah, you, that's, a, that's a good way to identify the two. Okay. The call for was the malady, doctor. What is the malady called? What is the malady is South Texas weather. Okay, because we had a deal with pecan trees, and they studied it across from Mississippi, uh, Alabama, everywhere where there were pecan trees, and the federal government gave them money. The scientists came up with this name, sudden branch breakage. They couldn't figure out why the pecan branches were throwing their branches. Right. And And, that was what you're just, you're, you're, you just got everything for me today, yes. Do not mess with Jerry. So sudden branch drop. Uh, is a phenomenon which is still not understood. However, the red oaks are one of the trees, one of the species, that is included in the sudden branch drop, along with pecans and cottonwoods and, I believe, sycamores. 
and uh, hackberries. Uh, Hack- I don't know. I don't know if hackberries are in that. Yeah. But hackberries throw everything out. <laughs> yeah. They do everything. So, so I, I didn't want to go there on that one, but yeah, okay. you're right. So, so it's not well understood. Um, and yes, they're still spending money to try to figure it out. But what we do know is that it frequently happens on a hot, windless day mm. in the summer. And it pops off, and it sounds like a rifle shot. Hmm. And a lot of witnesses report they thought they heard a rifle. And when the and these branches can be huge. And in fact, there's a lot of one of the reasons why they're studying it is there were a lot of mortalities involved with this because here's it a, happens. A, it, it happens in parks here, and a lot. Oh. Yes, go ahead. Here's Sorry, a little uh, antidote of mine. I'm standing with a lady in Terrell Hills, and I'm describing what you've just got through telling about the peril of, and across the next yard were these, uh, and hers too, where they're all uh, 18, 24, 30-inch pecan trees. And uh, as I was telling her this, she was about to renege. No, that's way too much money. And it was merely a simple lightning of the bran- lighting, lightning the branches. And as we were standing there, this branch about as big as my upper leg came clear out of that tree right in front of her. Bam. Yeah. Onto the ground. And she mm. turned without looking at me and said, do whatever <laughs> you need to do. <laughs> that yeah. was the well, we, we la- Yeah, we laugh on that. But, yes, that, those are widow makers. And mm. uh, yeah. that, that does happen uh, on, on uh, a more than frequently what we desire but yeah that's that's a great story thanks jerry for the for the, uh, for the last part of this the equal of all of this is i've noticed that all the places that have had this shumard and the live oak, rather the uh, uh texana uh they don't water you can look at the grass see that they are the sporadically water or whatever in 106 degrees running 90 days in a row uh, it tempts anything to die yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I say. That's excellent advice. Is before it flagging occurs or the branches die completely, be proactive, particularly in the early months of the year, April, May, June. If we're short of the average, go ahead and water those trees properly. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Take care, man. All right, 210-308-8867. Elizabeth is on the line. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What's going on with you? Oh, hi, Milton. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, please, um, some mesquite branches were trimmed, young branches, and then dragged over where I usually park my car in the driveway. And I'm just wondering if if, if you, your wonderful experts, think any of the thorns might have come off that would possibly get in the tires of my car please thank you so uh i'm i'm, I'm thinking she's at it since it was a mesquite and mesquites produce thorns yes sir yeah that uh that uh the branches only the you know some of the broken branches but not i don't think it, it would get into regular tires now i know our scooters uh-huh. uh we had a problem uh, in garden and park park uh, park utility scooters. There uh-huh. was sometimes a problem. Oh, uh, okay. I, I've never heard of mesquites causing a problem in regular tires. I, I may uh, be wrong. Yeah. However, Tre- uh, tree 
tree crews sometimes uh, as the tires get worn out it uh, seems to me they get more susceptible and i've had driving around my uh, two acres on the mesquite branches yeah do you have a problem with it i have i've i've had uh, a couple times but not not over over the years that's 30 years yeah so uh they tend to hold their dead branches for a while Okay. So if, if they had, if you had them pruned, so that you're removing the dead branches, yes, right you, away. You were, you would be okay. Okay. So, so the the thing is, it's not like a hackberry or pecan, what we were talking about earlier. They drop their branches as soon as they die. The uh, mesquites hold their branches for a while, even though they're dead, and so that allows you time to get up there and or, or call somebody rather. And get up there and remove those. That's great. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for your expertise and kindness. Thank you. Thanks for the nice words, Elizabeth. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Thanks to Jerry and Elizabeth. Back after this on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South, Texas, on 930 a.m. The Answer. Time to talk to you about the Tree Hugger Sprinkler. Oh, your, good, tree hugger, good. Trugger, your Tree Hugger Sprinkler will, today will be played, the part of the Tree Hugger by Mark Peterson. If you're not familiar with a Tree Hugger Sprinkler, is, it's a great way to efficiently and effectively water that newly planted tree or shrub or that established tree or shrub that you want to water the root ball and make sure... It uh, gets watered. Uh, you find them here at Millburgers and HEB. You'll find them online at uh, treehuggersprinklers.com. Now, I will try to describe it to you. The Tree Hugger Sprinkler is a hard plastic sprinkler. Looks like a donut or a tire. 7-inch, 11-inch, and 15-inch uh, diameters. And uh, it's a hard plastic, so it's durable. And you... Uh, uh, got a hinge on it so you take it and you open it up and you close it or hug it around the tree oh that's different i this is i know my 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 technique my my version okay now once it's around you uh turn it on just a little bit to water the root ball my version or you turn it on a lot to water away from the root ball and more toward the trip line. That's again, your tree hugger may sound different. <laughs> Each tree hugger is unique. All right. So uh, he's almost as bad as Jerry. <laughs> almost. Um, but anyway, yeah. So check out the tree hugger sprinklers and then come out here to Millburgers or HEB and you'll find them. Uh, they're a really a great product and you'll find other uses for them as well. That's the cool thing, too. So tomorrow's my watering day. I'll be using mine to help me water. So 210-308-8867, the number to call, 210-308-8867. All right, what else is going on, gentlemen? Well, I just wanted to just remind well, I have everybody. a question for you, too. Oh, that, to use the tree hugger proactively. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get across out there is, is don't wait until the tree all of a sudden starts flagging, what we call flagging, uh, a big branch. Uh, turning red or losing its leaves like that. Uh, be proactive in water. The most effective water is early in the summer, 
late spring, early in the okay. summer. And so uh, kind of keep an eye out if it has been raining. You can always check the sports section, the last page of the sports section in the Express News, and it'll show you what the current water is and what the average water is. And if we're a couple inches off, that's a good time to add uh, add some water to the tree. Okay. And just remember the tree roots, uh, the, yeah, the tree roots go well beyond the drip line. And you kind of figure out in a nice big circle or, or square, depending on how well your geometry um, skills are. And you can fill it, f- figure out what area to water. But be proactive. I water, I recommend, and I recommend in this to the arborist, is check the second and fourth weeks of the month. Uh, because you can factor in the natural rainfall and the severity of the drought. So you go second week, you look and it goes, ah, it's pretty dry. Let me let me add some water. And then if it rains the third week, ah, I don't have to water the, the fourth week. Or okay. if it doesn't rain, I, I need to water. So be proactive. And you know what? Hmm. The tree hugger is excellent. Oh, that. good. Yeah, it is. And it's that little drip. So it's not wasted. <laughs> exactly. Again, if your tree hugger sounds like that, you may want to talk to it a little bit and see. Uh, okay. So I'm, I am back to the tavern. I have a, yeah, exactly. And bring your tree hugger with you. There's nothing they like than going out and having a good time with you. Um, so I won't mention the neighborhoods, but I have driven through neighborhoods here in San Antonio where it's very clear that the homes have, have been beat up with oak wilt. Yes. In fact, there's a neighborhood by you. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to mention any Yeah, names. I'm not going to either. So. Okay. So the question that was posed to me, because I've seen this for years now, two, three, four years, is why don't they, except maybe the cost, why don't they cut down those trees that have been killed by oak wilt? Any, any theories? I, I have absolutely no idea. I told you, you guys you that, that I, I rode, I drove, rode, yeah, I rode, uh, I drove through Fredericksburg and Mason oh, County. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I go through these pastures where the tree has obviously been dead for over 50 years. Mm. And I'm going, why, why, why don't you, why not just cut it down, bulldoze yeah. it, whatever, you know, clear the pasture. You got cedar growing up next to them, oh. um, but they've obviously been dead. Just, just bulldoze them. So I don't know why they don't do you, cut them down. Do you remember uh, one of the presentations, one of the many hundreds you gave on oak wilt? Thousands. In my neighborhood, thousands. In my neighborhood, and the, and I'm I'm sure that most of them were typical. We had a huge crowd. And uh, Mark got in an accident, so he was late. But uh, he's never forgiven you. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right up the road there. Uh, okay. Point. But uh, the the issue there was that the the people the people who were just getting uh, infected by the oak wilt or were on the path were so angry with the people that. Yeah. Started with the disease and the, did not the, take there action. There was an important boundary line, boundary oh. line, yeah, and bef- between one one subdivision and the other. So hmm. it was uh, it was interesting. So you're not spreading if it's the tree's been dead for more than a year. You're not spreading it anymore. You don't have to paint the wound uh, of a tree uh, that uh, you cut uh, down. Al- yeah, almost 
a little less than that, in fact. Okay. The fungus survives in the roots about two years, hmm. but it's it's moving quicker than that through the root system so, on the live oaks. So any problem yeah. pretty much after nine months is... is nine, nine to 12 months. Yeah. Okay, has been done. Yeah. So, okay. so particularly in the weather that we had this past year. Oh, wow. Because uh, when the tree starts dying... Um, the tree's actually trying to seal the fungus off within itself. Hmm. But what it does, it's, it's, it's like committing suicide. So it's trying to seal it off, it's trying to seal it off. And well, by the time they're trying to seal it all off, well, they they sealed themselves off the oh, water. Oh, wow. So, uh, and it's huh. sneaking up, going, cruising down into the other areas yeah. until it runs into someplace that... The, 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 the roots of that. So, but, but, so what I was going to say is that, well, by the time that happens and the tree is starting to, that's starting to die, uh, the oak wilt fungus is very susceptible to other pathogens, saprophytic pathogens. And oh. so it eliminates it in the trunk. And then if you have really hot weather, it will, uh, it will heat up the trunk because there's no longer water flowing through it as a coolant. And so the trunk heats up and the fungus, the oak wilt fungus, dies in the trunk. Oh. So to answer your question, yeah, you can cut it down, no problem. So did with, uh, um, I didn't know we were going to talk about religion, but these trees are sapophytic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did the drought uh, hinder or slow down the spread of oak wilt? Yes, it could have slowed down it. Okay. Because uh, they, the, they were, oh, I, it could have done it in either case. Sorry. Okay. So if there, there are lots of live oaks that are connected, mm-hmm. they tend to help each other. And so they're pulling water from other locations. Well, they could be pulling the fungus along with it. Oh, okay. On the other hand, if there's if it's really droughty, um, the tree's going to shut down, and there's a possibility of causing breakages because of mortality, because of the drought oh, uh, between the roots. Okay. Oh, okay. So interesting. It's a it's a yes and no question. Was Maybe. that what the guy was telling us about the oaks that they're all kind of connected and oh, all yeah. their all their roots are underground? Oh yeah, the roots are. They're, uh, they're all talking to each other and uh, yes. So okay, very cool. All right, I was just so, curious. yeah, same same genus so, talk to each other a little bit more. Really? Yeah. So the the, like the live oaks uh, are kind of a little bit of both. They're, they're a little bit of white, a little bit of red. Okay. And so kind of talk to both. Hmm. I was just thinking of another question. Like, so the live oak spreads quickest through live oak. The oak wilt would spread, what did spread I say? quickest through the red oaks, which is partially includes live oaks. Okay. And the live oaks and semi-arid country, like we are, tend to produce multiple uh, groups called mots, um, which are then connected to mm-hmm. other mots. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen the mots. That's yeah. pretty. They're pretty cool. Yeah. So if you drive through the hill country, you yeah, can, I was going to say you see, see the hill country. You can see big groups. So that's one mot, and then that mot is connected to another mot. Okay, and that's M O T T E. 
So, no, yeah. it's just interesting. So, uh, if uh, how how far are the mots apart? They'll vary in distance. Okay. But uh, the oak wilt, what I have found, and what the other uh, the other researchers and workers with oak wilt have found, that um, generally, if it's about two hundred to two hundred fifty. Uh, feet between the two mots, you're pretty much okay. So, is it possible that the second mot, let's say, that you're seeing didn't come up from acorns? It came up from the roots of the mot that was. Yeah, it probably it was a different family. Okay. Um, so that mot is different from that mot. Okay, so or, it, yeah. it's, it wasn't the roots; it was right something else. All right, interesting. So, and and. Going up through there, uh, in through Gillespie and Mason County, uh, you look and you see, well, I said, well, the oak wilt was here 40 to 50 years ago. Oh, really? And are there live oaks there? Sure. There's live oaks all over the place. And you see the live oaks which had the oak wilt and survived. They have a... They have a characteristic of a lot of sprouts, just like this gentleman earlier oh, was talking okay. about. So they have sprouts all over their trunk, um, and they're to one degree or another. And they're, uh, you can see some are healthier than others. Okay, so the question is, why do they survive? Uh, that is a question that the researchers say. Okay. And it's a timing, weather conditions. Like, again, if it's hotter than normal, then the fungus will not survive. So it gives the time to the tree to to, to survive and to seal that, that remaining declining fungus off because the tree's trying to do that. It, it realizes there's an invader in it. That's so interesting. So it's trying to do it. Um, so it's about 2080. So 20% of trees in an area will survive and 80% will die. Okay. More or less. But with those conditions... Do those trees survive? Can you could you take a a year and say in 1962, uh, we're guessing there was a drought. Let's break this up, mm-hmm. and so we think that was why this one. So would you be able to hypothesize that other trees that look like they had the same thing were from a similar year? Does that does that, yeah. any, that make any sense? Well, uh, yes, sort of. Okay. <laughs> Having known you for many years, I understand. Yeah, I speak be... Milanese. Yeah, okay. Uh, so when uh, oak wilt will move through an area, it does it fairly rapidly. And oh, so okay. we say that all these trees are an even plane. Okay. To answer your question, yes, it's possible that when the oak wilt moves through a uh, one, two-year two period, that all the trees are experiencing the same weather conditions. And so it's a fungal issue, whether okay. they live or survive. Very interesting. Um, now, whether they, uh, plus the weather conditions, uh, as I say. Uh, Very cool. Okay. You can tell he's spoken about this before. Oh, yeah. Thousands, a few times. you said? Thousands. Thousands of Thousands. times. Thousands. All right. And, yeah, I'm driving along this road, yeah. 87, and I'm like, ah. Oh, Come on, people. Clean up your mess. Clean up the, yeah. But, he, but on the other hand, it's like, oh, going, eh. I've why? never lost sleep over Oak Wilt, not once in the past 40 years. Okay. Because I know that trees survive. 
So it's quite green. Okay. They had more rain up there. Huh. Uh, yeah, everything was greener. Up oh, there. was it really? Yeah, oh, they've okay. had two big storms up in the Fredericksburg area. I know. I saw. I think uh, Jeremy was going to go play up there. Uh, two that's weeks right. Ago. That's one of them. That was the first one. Yeah. And then they had another one a couple of days ago. Okay. Cool. We'll have to hear all about uh, Wild Seed Farms when Jerry comes yeah. back. And see what, how it went. What else? We got about a couple minutes left. What else we need to rec- to, to talk about? Anything coming up, Mark? Or no, no. Uh, just that uh, looking again uh, at the sales here. We got a lot of great sales. Um, we did talk about the stepping stones. Yeah, that's a great. We answer. got uh, stepping stones here on sale. Um, that's real great. If uh, if you want to build in a, a permeable pat- patio, and then uh, contact saws. Um, mm-hmm. There's a rebate for that. We no longer do a coupon. Uh, they will actually rebate on uh, on your receipts. So keep the receipts, build an area. You have to get again 200 square feet. Okay. And take take that out and and put in uh, the stepping stones, and then uh, call call over to conservation department. What's that again? Oh, two ten seven zero four. Save. Oh, save, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I talked to Juan. Okay. And see if you can get some money back. Yeah. Now, so, is, it, is it up to 200 if I do just 40? No, 200, a minimum of 200. Minimum of 200, so yeah. I can do more, but yes. I'm only going to get, okay. But your rebate is for what it took you to do the 200. Well, it, was, it was a certain uh, prorated amount. Oh, okay. So, so I All don't right. know what it is. But okay. anyway, uh, yes, but it's on on sale here. Yep, there you go. There, it's a good price. I think it's ten for fifteen dollars. I, I, I can't read. Okay, I, I, I take my glasses off. So. That's okay. Check out MillburgerNursery.com for the correct price. We'll say goodbye for today. Uh, on behalf of Mark and behalf of Dr. Finch, thanks to Al for doing a great job. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Milton Glick. See you next week on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on nine thirty a.m. The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.